Wow, this podcast was simply amazing. If you're someone who likes to push out content and don't have a strategy, you need to listen to what Jim Beard has to say about creating omnipresence by repurposing content. And we'll go over that right now. Hi, my name is Brandon and I spent the last 10 years of my life in the fitness industry in which I turned a hobby into a $100,000 a year career. But I got bored and I wanted a new challenge. The challenge, create a million dollar a year business. The only problem was I have no idea what I'm going to do. Follow me as I travel halfway across the country to start my business from zero. This podcast is to show you my struggles and successes and everything in between. Join me and follow along as I document my journey of starting over. Using only today's best networking techniques, growth hacks, and sales funnels to grow my million dollar a year business. My name is Brandon Duff and let's change lives together. This is The Money Friends. Jim Beard, who has an amazing beard, by the way. I am so excited to to jump on here and uh, pretty much talk about simplifying your content. I know a lot of people have trouble with content, and I know you have this amazing thing called X's and O's, and we'll we'll get into that here shortly. But Jim, break it down. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what what you're currently doing, and a little bit about like your story, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, so where I kind of got started was I worked in uh, corporate 3D animation. Uh, so the idea was to make cars in 3D that look so real you didn't know the difference between what was made in the computer and what was shot on site. And I did that for 15 years. And that was easily nine years too long. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it's consistent. It was good work and it was steady, but, uh, you know, it's, it wasn't fulfilling and I've felt that way for a long time. So I was like, I want to take the level that we're giving to this corporate deliverables, these corporate deliverables and make sure that entrepreneurs and marketers can have that. And that's where micro machines started was that I wanted to be able to give people that spotlight that I believe in. I believe in their message and their impact. Um, So that began repurposing content, creating unique content for people and also content strategy. So taking that strategy that I knew from the corporate world and applying it on uh, on our level, you know? So that's where that got started. So I was working the day job and I was also doing micro machine media and uh it was going okay not dedicated enough to it you know you got to kind of go all in right and so i had the uh blessing in disguise of being laid off uh, but that was mid covid and uh, oh so that was really recent then that was super recent wow man. so beginning of covid i was like i need to publish because steve larson talks about it russell brunson talks about it um you know dean graziosi talks about it uh marley jack so on etc everyone talks about you know publishing changes everything for you and i never really like gave it too much like uh credence or whatever that that was the way to go boy was i wrong wow was i wrong publishing is everything oh yeah and uh so at the beginning of COVID, i was like i might finally start this podcast I've been kicking around a podcast for a long time called Fail Faster. And it was just talking about failure is a good thing. And no, I'm, definitely gonna show is. You, I'm gonna show you how. And just interviewing people about how, you know, these failures that we go through that everyone's so afraid of are the foundation of our successes. And you learn more from your failures than you ever will from your greatest successes. And so I was like, ah, maybe now's the time. And so I'm looking around and all these people are giving away stuff like crazy super generous like 95 percent off just take my stuff like you know super generous because of you know the circumstances of covid but i knew in the background people were just kind of squirreling it away and they would never actually use it right so i'm like man maybe podcast isn't the way to go right now so i i wanted to do something really weird and off the cuff just that would stand out in a timeline and i was like i want to showcase entrepreneurs and I want to take all this generosity and make them earn it. And I go, maybe if they earn it, they'll use it. 
So that's what I my started the thought process. And I was like, well, what can I do to make them earn it? Game show would be pretty weird. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's how my thought process went. So then I went down the YouTube rabbit hole of old game shows. And the minute I hit Hollywood Squares, I was like, oh, that's it. That'll work. And I had no idea how to live stream looking like all of my favorite Twitch people. And I, that's what I wanted. I wanted to take the Twitch gamer and turn it into a show format and put it on Facebook where it would look bizarre. And that was the whole idea. OBS Studio at the beginning of COVID had just finally allowed Facebook Live. Oh, wow. So it, would t it was timed perfectly. And they didn't give it any support. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you can, but it's not great. Good luck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because they you know they wanted to just try the market and if it was working well then they'd add plugins and things that right. help out so it was a mess and i just went down the youtube trail of trying to learn and finally started kind of figuring something out that might work and without having even a finished game show i went out and i was like who wants to be on my game show and people responded they were like that's one of the weirdest things i've ever heard what are you talking about so I actually got 12 people on the show. That's what I require for every show is 12 people, nine experts, two contestants, and myself every week that I do it. And it's a logistical nightmare. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> to get everyone on one Zoom call at one time and to be dedicated to it is insane. We've had a lot of weirdness <laughs> on the show, for sure. So many weird stories. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you can tell some stories about me. Oh yeah, the hot tub. I, I tell it all the time. I'm like, there was one dude that was on the show in a hot tub. There was another guy that was on the show. He was literally like blanket up all the way around his face, just his nightlight on the show. The minute the show ended, he pulled the blanket over his head, turned off his light, and then he went off the live. Oh, jeez. Like he was just ready to pass out. I felt yeah. bad for him, but I was like, man, come on. You wanted to come on the show. Right. There's another guy that went to Arby's, picked up his girlfriend in his car, was just like doing errands. <laughs> he was on the game show. And uh, all sorts of weird and great stories. I love all the stories that have come out of it. And uh, so, like I said, I got going and I, I used leverage. Leverage is the key to the show. I leverage my last win every time. Right. And even if I lose, I leverage the loss. And I'll right. explain what I mean by that. So if I have a show that doesn't go quite the way I wanted it to, like there was one to where a guy was on the show and he was just chiefing, smoking like crazy. You could barely see his face because he was smoking so hard. And I wasn't able to post it on YouTube. So I started sharing that story with people. And people thought it was so funny that they signed up for the show. That's awesome. So you, you leverage your losses too, as well as your wins. And of course, anytime I get a, a name on, I'd spread that around to get more people to fill the slots. So like, oh, we got a Marley Jackson. She came on episode two, by the way, which I don't know. She must have been out of her mind. <laughs> but her and Rachel Peterson came on episode two. And then I leveraged that to get Akbar Sheik, Alan Dean, uh, James Smiley, Omar Later. And the minute I had those names, then I leveraged again and leveraged again. And it just, the whole thing comes from leverage. So after about episode two, people were willing to at least hear me because it wasn't just like, oh, this is your little, your little experiment. I don't want to be part of your little experiment. And, but then once I started having some names come on, people took it seriously. And now it's grown into having its own little life which is crazy and the experts combine together because they have this common ground and common experience of being on this weird game show so now they they talk with each other on a weekly basis uh there's been numerous people that have made ten to twenty thousand dollars from selling to the other experts that that those relationships that they formed and the contestants just get the killer deal of killer deals. They get nine prizes from the experts. And it's like having the Avengers work on your business for a limited amount of time. But the truth of it is they stay in contact. 
because I, like I said, it's a very unique experience. So they want to reach out and say, like, listen, how was that going for you? Do you need anything else? And so it forms relationships that stay, that stand the test of time. And it's just been a crazy experience. And I've even gotten some leads out of it for my own business. And it's much the same way that people use podcasts. They have their experts that they come on their podcast. They right. end up talking to them about what they do. And it's just a natural progression of conversation. And uh, it's been an amazing experience. I wouldn't take it back for anything. That's so amazing. And I mean, you kind of, what I love is that you use leverage. Leverage is super important. I think that a lot of people just don't understand leverage in general. I mean, I use leverage for everything. I mean, leverage for my business, leverage for real estate investing, leverage to make money, like all these different ways. A lot of people just are afraid of one, they don't even know how to leverage or two, uh, they're afraid to leverage or they feel like they're over leveraged. And I, I typically, uh, I talk about real estate investing a lot on just in general and how I leverage my real estate um, properties to buy our dream house, how we're able to uh, leverage the our four rental properties or 10 units to buy our dream house. And that's what we're doing now where it's under construction. Uh, we just bought this 9,000 square foot, uh, not square foot living uh, arrangement, but the lot is 9,000 and the living uh, area is 3,500 square feet. And that's like our dream house. So it's, it's pretty amazing that my tenants are paying for this house just by leverage. And it's, it's leverage is amazing. If you understand how money works, if you understand just leverage in general. So I think that what's really cool is you're kind of com combining the dream 100 too, in a sense, right? Absolutely. Uh, with, Absolutely. with this uh, technic, uh, with this um, game show. So how are you doing that? What is, for those that don't know, can you kind of go into what the dream 100 is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I forget his, Dana, Dana is, is his name. Is he the one that kind of started that? No, Chet Dana Holmes. No, he's, uh, Chet Holmes was the first person that really leveraged that. And then uh, Russell Brunson took it uh, and started running with it. And then obviously I think Dana uh, ended up not stealing it, but he is a, uh, a person who would constantly pushes it right now. And then RJ actually, Amen, uh, I probably just butchered his name, but RJ is uh, has an actual course called the Dream 100. So uh, a lot of people are using that concept now. Um, but for those that don't know, Jim, can you kind of explain what that is? Absolutely. Uh, so the idea is you want to find a hundred or as close to it as you can get of your dream customers, the people that are your ideal client, and you want to just pursue them. You want to find out about what they do. You want to find out consistencies between them. You want to find out their habits, where they're hanging out, what their likes and dislikes are, what are they buying? You want to know everything you can about them so that everything you put out into the world, into the ether is attractive to them. And you want to make sure that the way you're presenting yourself is going to be appealing to your ideal client. Yeah. And, and to take it even a step further is, uh, if you take your dream 100 and say, for instance, they're able to take your business to that next level, say, for instance, um, you have someone who has your ideal customer and they're your dream 100 and they have a bigger influence in you, then you can leverage them to Absolutely. build your business. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people actually get the dream 100 wrong in a sense that uh, they try and go for a class a plus plus dream 100 i did that <laughs> and you're never going to reach those people at this point so in any kind of uh business you need to literally focus on how it can be a win-win-win or a win-win-win-win where your audience their audience them and you all benefit at the same time instead of you know someone who's shooting for you know going for a tony robbins or a dean or you know um, not Dean Allen, but um, like Dean Garazio, uh, Russell Brunson, like these people, you're never going to reach them at at this level. I'm never going to reach them, for ex example. But if I talk to maybe a Marley Jacks, uh, I just had Stephen Larson on my podcast not too long ago. You know, some of these people that I can talk to right now that would actually promote me and I can promote them in a sense. And there's still a, a small disconnect, but you're able to uh, 
meet them kind of on the same level and uh, help grow each other's business and not take too much away. I think a lot of people try and get these high-end celebrities hoping that uh, they'll come on their podcast or their show and they're never going to show up because it's not a win for them. They're so far distant that they're already doing these different things that it's not really going to benefit them more than it's going to benefit you. So I think a lot of people need to focus on see where they are in their business and then reach out to maybe someone that's a step or two steps ahead of them versus 20 steps ahead of them. So uh, it's a very uh, funny thing that people don't realize that you need to actually leverage uh, people that are maybe a step or two ahead of you instead of focusing on 20 steps ahead. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I did that. I did the wrong way at the beginning. I tried messaging Russell Brunson and Steve Larson and, you know, these big names to me, you know, people that I looked up to, right. they're, not, they're not talking to me, but Daxi Perez's and stuff, they're not talking to me. They didn't care. They didn't even know I was alive. Right. And what I've realized since is like, I've tried talking to some of these big, big names about doing business together. They've already got a team, right? They've already got stuff in place. They don't need me. So they're not my ideal client. So I right. had to adjust what I felt my ideal client was. So my ideal client is someone that's really only two or three steps ahead of me. Right. Not very far at all. So, you know, think of it as a ladder. And if the Russell Brunson's and the Dean Graziosi's and the Tony's are at the top, you know, you're here, you only want to reach up maybe two or three rungs. Right. And eventually you will be of the caliber that can talk to these people but you can't right out the gate. You just can't. And you have to always offer value first. And exactly. that is a big deal. You can't just be like, dude, I got this thing. Get on it. Right. They're not, they don't care. It does not matter. You have to like me, we offer a lot of value with the show and I am constantly engaging with people's content that I want to be on the show. Exactly. So I'm always trying to be like, Holy crap, Jim beards in the audience. You know, like I want them to know, like, I'm a person that comments. I'm active in their group. Right. I am someone that is contributing and giving value. Yep. And then when the message comes, hey, I don't know if you've heard, but I have this show called the X's and O's Game Show. Would you be interested in being on? And inevitably they go, what the hell is that? And then I send them a link. And the minute they see it, they're like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I have to be on it. <laughs> so then they're cool. They're in it. But before that, if they didn't know my name even a little bit from seeing me around, it's coming out of nowhere. You know, you're you're just getting buried. Right. And okay. you have to think that all these people are getting the same messages every single over day and over, over and over again. So it's like it, they just get null to it. And at that, I mean, some of them don't even worry about uh, um, checking their social media anymore because they have VAs or they have a team right. that actually handles their business. I mean, most people that are at that caliber are focused on higher level things instead of going live on Facebook. They they do a pre-recorded live, they send it to their team, their team does everything, and then they obviously take that content and repurpose it. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about you today, to you today, is about one, repurposing content, but also simplifying it. And so you being the micro content machine, I want to kind of pick your brain on how to repurpose content. What tools do you use? Is there anything that you would recommend? And uh, dig on deep, man. Absolutely. We use a combination software-wise of uh, Premiere Pro. We use Canva Pro because uh, it has some video assets that make things very fast. Uh, we also utilize, um, let me think here. Do, do, do. Oh, we use Slack. We use Asana and we use Google Drive and Photoshop. And those are the big ones we use. So Photoshop are for more involved uh, like events, uh, more that's gonna have heavy copy. We want the image to be as strong as the copy. Um, if it's like table touches is what I call it, then it's more like, I just want you to see my name on a consistent basis of giving value. So in that case, we take their live video that they may have created or a masterclass or a training that they have done. Uh, the people that I like to work with are people that are willing to give it all away. Yeah. So people pay for it 
if you package it up nice and concise, it's very easily searchable and you get some one-on-one -on -one time. That's where the payment comes in. But as far as like, should I give it all the way, all the whole farm? Yeah, in my opinion, I think you should because most people that you look up to, if you look through their YouTube, their Facebook, their Instagram, whatever it may be, if you look deep enough, there's a course in there. One of their courses that currently exists. It's just you have to do the legwork to dig through all of that to find it. And those are the people I like to work with the best. It's just say, listen, put it all out there. And so we start with, like I said, like a live, a training, a masterclass, whatever it may be. We break that up into a main edit for YouTube. Everything starts with YouTube because it's a search engine. Right. You'll be able to search that and find that for years to come, and that could bring you leads. Um, so from there, we take the micro cuts that we've made to make that one big video, and we explode them out. So now all those micro cuts are teaser videos, micro videos that all lead to the YouTube video. It's genius. And then from that, you strip out the audio. You have a podcast, add an intro, outro, clean up the audio, make sure it's nice and crisp and clean. Now you have your podcast episode and we use our stories. Our stories are meant to let people know new content is coming. So new content on YouTube, new podcast episode, whatever it is. It's just to let people know, hey, something new is dropping today. And then we have uh, quote cards that are generated off of we transcribe the video. And we take that and we break that up into the most valuable bits of information. And we make quote cards, which builds authority. And from that point, once you have the edits down, you're able to see kind of a bird's eye view of all of their content. And now it's filterable too, because we add, uh, we add timestamps and we also break down what is in the video at that timestamp. So now you can filter all of your content. So if you decide one day, like, Hey, I think want to make something today. I want to know how I felt about that a year ago, search it up and you can actually find that little segment of video. And now you can do a side by side of like what Gary V does. Yep. You know, this is how I felt about it then. Now 2020 COVID hits. This is how I feel about it now. You know, those are powerful videos. Yeah, they definitely are. It lets people know, like, okay, that was the status then. And now things have changed. You know, maybe I didn't consider that this different perspective comes in with COVID. Uh, those are very valuable pieces of content. I don't like to post content for content's sake. I like to post things that are going to genuinely give someone value that they can take as an actionable step and actually improve their business. So that's what I look for when I do edits in my videos. But anyone can do this. Right. If, you, if you've ever used Canva Pro, um, you can very quickly make some great content. So my suggestion is there's lots of free video editing software out there. There's the Camtasia's. There's the, uh, what's the one that starts with the Q? Uh, I use Camtasia myself. Yeah, it's free. And there's a there's bunch a, of free I, ones. I feel like I bought Camtasia. Did you? Yeah, I think so. I thought it was free. I use Premiere Pro now because I, I just love the program and I was trained in it. So I, it's just easy enough to yeah. have all my shortcuts and all that stuff. Um, but there's tons of free stuff out there. So you take, let's say you did a live video one day or even an interview like this. So now you edit it down to the best pieces. If we're giggling and we're messing around and we've got little pauses and the ums and the ahs, cut that stuff out and just make it the, the meat of the content. And now that you have yourself a YouTube video, you add on an intro, you add on an outro with a call to action. And you add on your transcription. YouTube offers you free transcription. You have to go in there. You have to make little adjustments and stuff like that because it's AI. So you know it does the best it can. Best it can. But if you mumble or if you are speaking very fast, it'll have a hard time sometimes with some of those words. So you just go in and you make your little adjustments. So now while you're in YouTube, you can copy and paste out those text pieces, put it into a Word document. So that's going to be utilized later for your captions, for your quote cards, for you can even do a blog post. 
that uh, allows for backlinks since so you can you know get better ranking on your video um you know su uh, submit it to quora as an answer to someone's question and to make sure it's keyword heavy uh so then from there take it into uh, canva pro and you can just start doing like copy paste assets and then they have little bits of stock footage that you can toss in just to keep things interesting I usually like to do no more than like five to 10 seconds of actual speaking without some kind of a visual element to keep people invested because you have to keep selling for people to keep watching. Right. You want to keep them interested. And I like to say like uh, Russell talks about um, people pay more for the same thing packaged in a different way. Right. People pay more attention for the same thing delivered in content in a different way. So if my jam is checking out my Facebook feed, that's what I'm going to respond to. I don't really care so much about your YouTube video. I digest my content on Facebook. So that's where you're going to get my most attention. So I'm that. going to pay more attention to that because that's my platform of choice. So, for someone else, it may be YouTube. I don't like the timeline. I like to just go into YouTube, answer my question, get out. All right, cool. Yeah, we've got something for that too. Because like we service uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Wait, I already said that. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. That's what it was. So those are the ones that we post to, and anyone can do that. Like, no, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, that's exactly what I do is I, right. uh, I, I take, for instance, and this is exactly the strategy that uh, I've kind of followed your path on is I'll take a live like this, I'll download it, I'll strip the audio, I'll put my intros and outros, just like you were saying. Um, I don't do much video editing or um, uh, cutting out the ums and the ahs and all that, uh, just because I push out content and most of the time, uh, it's really just to the point of what, and it's usually high value. I mean, for instance, when we did the game show last week, mm -hmm. I ha we had an amazing talk with uh, just the, the four entrepreneurs that were there. And mm -hmm. I ended up just asking you for the video content. And I, I made it into like a master class where you can literally go to uh, Facebook and go Google um, the ultimate guide to making money on Facebook. And I believe I I rank pretty, pretty high up there. And so, uh, it was, it was pretty great. I mean, that it was an amazing time and I learned a lot. And I, I think a lot of people just don't uh, understand the value of just tuning into this show where they don't have to be a contestant or they don't need to be an entrepreneur, but there's so much high value content that's being, uh, said on this game show that yeah. it's quite amazing. You can learn a lot and you know, there's so many golden nuggets in there. And if you spend just, you know, you do it once a week, I believe mm -hmm. if you just, you know, spend a month, you know, watching and learning, you're going to get a lot better content than some of these gurus that are putting out there because you have nine experts that are just slamming it with golden nuggets yeah. from all different perspectives and all different backgrounds and all different industries and niches that uh, are really high value content. I really love what you do on the show. So just out of curiosity, how do you keep your consist, uh, your consent? Wow contestants to show up like what what do you have a method or a madness to how you make sure that they actually show up when they say they're going to show up we've just started doing follow-ups and texting texting has changed the game for us so actually making it to their phone all right makes the difference and we tell them listen we don't use this number for anything other than day of show reminder and if you went AWOL and we need to find you. So do we need to replace you? Okay, cool. And that's it. And I stick to that. I don't call them after that. I don't light people up. Like I've got, you know, all these giant name people, phone numbers and stuff. I'm, I'm not using it for anything other than what I told them because I told them that's what I'm using it for. Right. So they respect that. And now a couple of them have added me on a boxer. And because they prefer Voxer, it's just voice quick done. Right. So now I'm starting to adopt that too. 
And so now I ask in the form, do you have a Voxer? Is that your preferred way of communication? And it's the same exact thing I'm telling you about content. People pay attention more to the content delivered in a different way. Communication too. Right. So if I give, get uh, their, their messenger and I message them and it goes into the abyss of their, you know, their feed, because they're like, they're getting lit up all day long. I'm, I've gotten lost within the first 20 seconds of it being posted. It's already da, 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 moving down their list. I, I'm nowhere. So if I have their Voxer, now I leave them a voice message like, hey, just want to make sure you're good for the show tonight. We're so excited to have you on. That's huge. I get way more responses off that than I ever did from sticking to Messenger because I did Messenger for two months straight and it was miserable because some of these big guys, they just don't look at their messenger. And I right. understand, you know, it's very time consuming. It is very time consuming. I mean, I get like probably a hundred messages a day at least. Yeah, and trying totally to find out one person that said, hey, follow up or whatever that is, mm -hmm. is really hard to uh, try and find that one person. So that's why, I mean, that's why we developed a piece of software that helps manage your Facebook and have a CRM because now I have my, I create tags. Uh, we can do our dream 100. So anyone who I wanna continuously provide value to that, like we were talking about earlier, I have them tagged as my dream 100 and I can just send bulk text messages where it's not text messages, but um, personalized messages on messenger where it says their name and it says, Hey, I love your post or whatever that is um, to keep in contact, keep those people at the top of my list. So it's easy to follow up with them or people that might've been interested in our program. So uh, it's super important to have a system. And it seems like you do have a system like just it's like, we, we got a lot of room to grow. A well, I mean, just even how you push out your content, that's a system, right? Mm -hmm. The tools yeah. you use. I think that a lot of people don't even collect text messages. And I mean, who's not going to look at a text message that rings up versus messenger is yeah. it just gets lost. And so I always collect phone numbers one and later on, you can use that obviously for lookalike audiences and all sorts of stuff. When you run ads, it just really depends on what you're trying to do. But I, I, definitely believe on collecting emails, collecting phone numbers, and exactly what you said about communication. You need to communicate on the, the level that your ideal customer wants to communicate on. You have to give them options. Some people don't want to join a group, but they'll give their email or they'll give their phone number or they'll um, you know, opt into your page. You know, All these different ways that you're able to allow your perfect audience to communicate with you and you're able to communicate with them. And it's just an easier bridge to, I guess, uh, connect on because that's their preferred communication path versus someone who's you know, forcing someone into an email list only or only into their group. So many people, uh, I don't do any groups really besides my paid groups, but a lot of people, uh, they try and force everyone into the group and I'm not one really for groups. So I'm not gonna join your group and do that. So I find it super important that you need, like you were saying, to uh, communicate on the level that uh, your audience wants to communicate on. I think that um, like for me to go over my uh, strategy is I, I go do these lives and interview experts on what they're uh, an expert on. I take the content and I literally just put it onto Camtasia. Um, I strip the audio. I make sure that I um, put my intro and my outro onto what it is that I actually have uh, for my podcast. And then I upload it to Anchor FM, which then shoots it out to Spotify. I shoots it out to uh, iTunes because I have my RSS feed up. I have my um, Google and then it shoots to, I think it's like Breaker and a few other ones, which is amazing because you're able to hit all these medians, which just allow you to, uh, one, put out more backlinks to your main content, um, but also just allows you to build uh, credibility on all these platforms. Not only that, I take it and then um, just like Jim was saying, is uh, I can take uh, quotes or pictures or just the video itself, I upload it to YouTube. Uh, sometimes I make it into a masterclass. It just depends on the content that I'm putting out there. So um, amazing, amazing way to put out content really quickly and amazing way to uh, 
be able to deliver all your content on multiple platforms really, really easily. So uh, yeah, that's exactly what I do, Jim, uh, exactly what you were saying, how I take my content, repurpose it, and am able to um, hit these multiple platforms like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Anchor FM, uh, Google, uh, and then obviously all those are able to be backlinked to our uh, YouTube, or sorry, our our main website, which has all of our programs or anything like that. So what are some of the tools that you use for um, just streaming? I mean, do you stream at all? Uh, I know you talked about OBS Studios. Like for me, I use OBS Studios too, and I use StreamYard. I also use a app. I mean, as you can tell, my background's blurred, so I don't mm -hmm. have to, um, it makes me pop more. So I actually use a uh, program called ChromaCam which mm -hmm. uh, allows me to have almost a green screen in my background. Is there any other tools that you recommend to uh, really improve your video content or uh, just make it better, I guess? You can do a lot just with like Ecamm Live and StreamYard. Uh, it allows you to do overlays. You know, overlays are where it's at. So just by doing that, you're going to separate yourself from like 90% of the pack. Right. just right out the gate just add a little bit of brand color add your name below and that's it just doing some simple stuff like that is going to break you out from the timeline to where people go whoa what's that that's different you know and they automatically assume that you have a level of professionalism that's beyond that of others that don't have that and it doesn't take that much work it's a very simple youtube search to do it but essentially an overlay so you imagine our our call the way we have it and you throw something over it with transparency so it makes like a frame and what that does is it breaks up the shapes that we've come to know right which is zoom right everyone knows zoom and zoom is a bunch of rectangles of people's smiling faces and you know we chat so if you can break up that look and just make it slightly different. Even if you just brought in our frame here to a square and you brought the two squares or you stagger the two. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Just changes it enough to make it feel different. That's it. You're going to break yourself out from the pack huge. And it, it really does. It helps a ton. And there's so many opportunities in Ecamm Live, in StreamYard. You don't have to get to know OBS Studio because OBS Studio, there's a little bit of a learning curve. Right. But once you get it, you get it. And Streamlabs is a little bit more friendly and it's got more plugins and things like that. But either way, it's it's a it's a whole paradigm shift about thinking for broadcast. You don't have to do that with StreamYard and Ecamm Live. So that's where I always recommend people start because it allows people that don't know the tech and don't want to go down that rabbit hole mm -hmm. to be able to get a result that's pretty darn good. So that's where I would recommend starting. And over, over uh, overlays, you can buy them online or you can make your own if you know Photoshop or you can have a VA make it for right. you. I like to make my own, my own animated overlays. And I start in um, Photoshop, then I take that into After Effects and then I export that out as uh, an animated overlay with transparency. And then I import that into the show and I utilize that for you know the entire show. And that's what gives it that look. So I have an overlay partially to cut out some of the video because I don't want all of it. I want to be just on what's needed. And then so that way it makes my grid. So that's a black overlay against right. a black background. So it looks like it's consistent. And then I put frames over everybody that's an animated frame. And that's that like teal colored animated frame. Right. So I purchased a overlay online and I tweaked it. I went into Photoshop and I went frame by frame and I was able to kind of mess with it. And that's what gave the outlook, the look that we currently have. Um, and then I just bring in images. You know, I got the logo up there. I've got a little animated arrow that goes pointing at stuff. You know, it's just little visual interest stuff that's not so distracting that you're like, oh, arrow, ooh. Right. And you forget about like, oh yeah, it's a show. So as long as it's not too distracting, you know, it's good. 
You want to make sure it's visually stimulating. And that obviously the first and foremost thing is you got to have good content because if you have great content, it doesn't really matter. And I think it, like you said in the, and not the very beginning, but a, a few minutes ago is you need to stand out. I mean, if you look at my profile on Facebook, mine is all about being a pattern interrupt. I look like Mr. Monopoly man, um, just because I am all about real estate investing. I'm all about boring passive income. I'm Mr. Moneybags, all that. Like I'm all about a pattern interrupt and you have to, in social media, you have to do your disrupt, um, disruptive marketing you have to stop people from scrolling because that's all they do is they scroll i mean it's funny i see my wife she'll be on her stories and she'll click on a story and she'll just swipe to the next one and swipe to the next one and swipe to the next one it's because nothing grabs her attention and so if you look at people's bad uh, patterns and behaviors you have to stop that and interrupt that. And that's the difference between, and I, I love that you were in the very beginning, you said, that's why we start on YouTube because it is a search engine. You need mm -hmm. to create content based on that. And then obviously you can always uh, create content that's a pattern interrupt by creating that hook. And you can always add that in the very beginning. So there's so many ways you can repurpose content. I love that you start off with YouTube. I do it obviously on Facebook, but then I uh, take that content uh, and repurpose it on YouTube. And then uh, because it is, I, I make sure that I do my key keyword research mm -hmm. and all that um, so that it is optimized for these different platforms. And there are so many tools. If you're not familiar with YouTube, you can use like Rev, you can use Temi. Mm -hmm. All these sites will actually oh, make- Clipscribe Clip is one that we uh, just recently got into and it's it's decent. It's about as accurate as YouTube but it also allows you to add on some kind of like timers and, you know, little quick stuff. Yeah. There's, there's um, so many great things out there. There's a, a website called repurpose.io, mm -hmm. which uh, is, uh, I've used it slightly, but it, it will take your live clip, like your live like this, mm -hmm. and it will download it and it will shoot it off and resize uh, it to Instagram or Snapchat or not Snapchat. Yeah. I don't know which platforms they are on, but, uh, and then you can take those clips and turn them into your little uh, quote boards or um, you know all these different things that uh, allow you to repurpose exactly the strategy you were talking about to create your micro content. And I love, uh, I've used it maybe once or twice. Um, I love how it works. It's just, uh, I would hire a VA because it does take a little bit of time consuming uh, and uh, to go through like the audio and do all that stuff and find the perfect clip to do that. I'm just too lazy to do all that. So I, I will definitely hire a VA to to handle all that. But I mean, that's a great way to uh, use a tool that's kind of all encompassing instead of having to use, you know, Canva with, sorry, not Canva, uh, Camtasia and then upload it to Anchor and then upload it to YouTube. It's kind of all in one, which I, I really love about uh, repurpose IO. So what, uh, what do you think is kind of the, way to capture someone's attention on these different platforms. I mean, we talked about micro content is, is all content on each different platform the same? Is there something that is different that you're going to post on Instagram versus YouTube versus uh, Facebook? How does that kind of pan out? Sure. Uh, YouTube, you always want to think of people doing a search. So they want an answer to a question, right? So the how to's and just anything based around someone trying to gain information as quickly as possible with a visual aspect. So like, how do I fix my, you know, 2009 Saturn or something like that, you know, whatever it is. And then you have someone that's like, Hey, today we're working on a da -da -da Saturn, you know, you know, they show the whole thing. So that is the perfect case scenario is like how to found it, got my answer. Now you're my authority. So that is how it kind of lines up. It's like, if you've answered my question, you scratched that itch, you took away my pain. Now you're my go-to person for that. And right. if you deal with cars, I'm gonna go back to Bob because Bob helped me out. So you wanna be Bob, you know? So as far as YouTube goes, you wanna play to the search. Right. Uh, as far as LinkedIn goes, it's more B2B. So in that respect, you wanna be more professional. You want to be, a little less in the loud department, 
but you do want to stand out because like I said, scroll stopper. So with LinkedIn, we do a lot less of the framing, a lot less of like the really loud framing and stuff like that. And we do more along the lines of like animated text, um, just try and spice it up in some way, some kind of animation along the sides. Uh, one of our clients likes to do like arrows pointing down and then text that rolls along. So that's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. And just to follow your eye around. Um, as far as Instagram goes, they like to know more about your personal life. They want to know like the behind the scenes, right? You know, how is he doing this? So like, as I'm working on my computer, I got a camera right here kind of a thing. I want to see like what your business is behind the scenes. How is the, how are the donuts made? You know, <laughs> so right. Facebook is more conversational and value-based. People want to consume and move on, consume and move on. So in that respect, you want to give really solid, strong pieces of value on uh, Facebook in particular and allow them to, uh, to either you, you can take them to a podcast or you can take them to a group. Those are the ones that I like to do in particular. Uh, something that's becoming popular right now is people taking their live trainings and then uh, taking them to audio so that, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you can just listen to it on the run. Uh, that's like people charge anywhere from like seven to 10 bucks a month to have just a lot access to that all the time. So it's essentially a podcast, but it's not the same format as a podcast. So it's kind of, it, imagine taking a YouTube episode and just stripping out the audio from that and then having that categorized and filtered that's kind of this the new direction that's happening a little bit um let's see here who's left TikTok. TikTok is literally the add palace <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is just oh my god everything moves so fast and everything's more geared towards humor so on TikTok, what you want to do is you want to get someone's attention as quickly as possible, pure, fast value, actionable, preferably funny and loud. You can be pretty loud on there and be okay. Um, what I say with TikTok is TikTok is great for gathering eyeballs and then you send them out somewhere else. Yeah. So I like to send them out to YouTube. As far as selling goes on TikTok or trying to get someone to sign up for something on TikTok, I wouldn't recommend it quite yet. They're still working out the bugs. There are things you can sell on TikTok, like uh, low value uh, e-com stuff, uh, you know, maybe as high as like a tent that would sell on there, like uh, from seeing a video, getting someone enticed to purchasing a thing. For the most part, it's like register items. You know, stuff right by the register impulse buys. Right. As far as getting someone to take a step in action, I don't usually recommend it. Now with Walmart and Microsoft buying them, maybe that'll change. But for the moment, it's a great place to gather eyeballs and then send them out. So. Yeah. And Gary Vee talks about jumping on um, these new platforms that are just starting because they want to entice people to get organic traffic so it's very much uh almost addictive because you're getting these high high engagement you're getting high high views and reactions because it's meeting that that impulse of people wanting to be validated so uh TikTok is a great way and i don't know if it's manipulated or not but uh, it's a great way to get that organic traffic and that organic uh reach starting off until they start running i think they just started running ads but um so that you can so then they can start getting people on the platform so that they can start running ads start running analytics and allow them to be become a pay to win if you look at facebook I mean, that's how facebook was way back when where the, your feed was getting amazing engagement and your groups were getting amazing engagement but now it's it's settled down a little bit uh where it is a lot more pay to win on Facebook because they do have, I think, 1 billion people on it. So they have the analytics, they have 
what people are doing. I've noticed that if, I don't know about you, but lately I feel they're pushing people more towards the group section. Very much so. Uh, if you they, they actually up, announced that. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, well, they, they, I mean, they, they run an official announcement that during COVID they were pushing the algorithm more towards groups. Yeah, it's it's, and I think it, obviously for me, um, Facebook is all about data collection. The more data that they can collect, the more that they can sell, and the better results that they're going to have for their buyers. So if they're pushing everyone to groups, which is then segmenting audiences, they can obviously take all these people and um, turn them into uh, data points and be under understand what you know these people like in this group. And this is how, if we have, you know, a much bigger audience in this group or this um, particular, these people that have segmenting themselves, we're able to collect a lot better data because we have a lot more people in that group that have already self-identified as liking this thing or um, whatever that is. And so they're now able to advertise a lot easier because they have all these people that are in these groups uh, that are now self uh, self opting in to uh, whatever it is that they like. So I think that uh, a lot of people are should be pushing people to groups. I don't do groups because it's just too much a headache for me. And I don't want free groups because typically when you have a free group that just the caliber of people in that group that is uh, free just tends to not be the best. Um, but, you know, if you have something that you're providing value to and you want to grow your tribe, it's a great way to uh, start building that tribe. So um, I don't have any free groups. So if you look at my profile, uh, sorry, you can't join any of my free groups. But if you buy my shit, then you can join my groups. So um, that's just a, a little uh, little tidbit of information. Like we just started a group ourselves. It's called the Omnipresent Army. I love it. So it's just doing exactly what we're talking about on a weekly basis. We're going to go live twice a week. It's, I believe we're kicking off next week with our first two lives. And we're going to be talking about batching content, scripting, uh, planning out an entire year of content. Love that. That is all with one strategy. Uh, I recommend that you don't have any of your, con all of your content should do one thing per quarter at a minimum per quarter. I usually encourage two quarters of the year to go to one thing. And that way you stand out in your audience's mind, you become the authority in that thing and they associate your name with that thing. Yep. So I push that really hard. I'm talking about repurposing content, software is used, new stuff coming out, reviewing that stuff in our own pipeline. So you can actually see it being used on real content um yeah we just really want to simplify content because it doesn't have to be so hard really yeah no i definitely agree and just uh, i want to get back to uh what you said about the quarter thing but just for those people that want to learn about joining the omnipresent group is that a free group people can join yes, uh, where can they actually find that group uh you just go into facebook and do a search for omnipresent army and it'll pop right up Perfect. So if anyone wants to join the Omnipresent Army, please, I'll include a link in the description. Join that group. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Jim has amazing ideas. Uh, I mean, just by going, I mean, you look at X's and O's. I mean, that's just brilliant in general. So, um, but to go back to the quarter thing, I just actually wrote a, a, a blog post about shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you guys, I'll include that blog post into uh, the notes here. But for anyone who wants to read it, it's, uh, it's very, very great content. But, uh, you know, I think that it's so amazing that you said break it up to a quarter or two quarters because so many people jump from thing to thing to thing and it, they never get any kind of traction or it, they don't really get to leverage the compound effect. And I see this all the time with affiliate marketers or digital marketers or anyone on <laughs> in the MLS space, they typically notice that they're not getting any results in the first month or the first two months. And then they jump to another thing thinking that yeah, uh, this new thing is going to be it. And uh, one, a lot of people aren't just gonna, just going to take uh, they're not going to blame themselves. So they obviously blame uh, the product or the service because they're not getting results from the service. Um, but 
I think shiny object syndrome is a huge thing on social media and mm -hmm. a lot of people just don't get the traction that they need. And then once they start getting a little traction, they switch, they're starting all over and learning the messaging again, learning the audience again, learning all the things that need to actually get traction in their business. What are your thoughts on why people need to do one quarter or two quarters to pretty much be that authority in that subject? Uh, yeah, I got a lot to say on that, actually. Uh, I learned this, this concept back when I was doing uh, rental properties. So I was placing tenants in rental properties. I was like a match.com for investors and then the tenants. I was just meeting people together, meeting them together. And we would get first month for that. And so doing that, I was putting out ads aggressively. I was going out to the properties of taking videos, editing those together, making them real nice, grading them and making sure that they look beautiful, posting it on YouTube, posting, posting, posting. I didn't hear a word for at least three months, three months. And that's tough because you got everyone around you going, dude, maybe you, Hey Jim, we love you, bud. Maybe you should just not do this crap anymore. <laughs> And you're like, no, I'm sticking with it. And it, but it got tough, man, because eventually those voices get louder and louder. Yep. And so you hear all these people just talking trash, talking trash, because they want to mirror themselves in you. So their situation wasn't one to where they were seeking to ascend their level at all. So they were just like, dude, why are you doing all this? You're not making a dime. And it's like, you're right, you're right, but you know, I'm going to stick it out. You know, you try to make the excuses and the rationale and everything. And then you get that beautiful FU money. Yep. <laughs> That's a beautiful moment is when it finally, like it was probably month three-ish. And all of a sudden it was like, got two calls, three calls. And I remember that Friday, I had like six to eight calls in one day. What is happening? What is happening? And I asked one of them and I'm like, you know, what made you click on the ad today? It was just Craigslist ads, you know, right. Craigslist posts. And they're like, just, uh, I've seen you for probably two, three weeks now. Just wanted to make sure you weren't a fly by night. You know, the, that you were a shady person who was going to be there today, gone today. Right. So like once I saw enough of your ads, I saw that you were serious and I really like the content you're putting out. So I decided to reach out. I think that you guys got a good thing going I'm like, oh, interesting. So, yeah, then you have that moment where you can tell everyone, like, listen, it worked back off. Right. <laughs> you know, but and now applying that to content creation and selling anything, uh, people need to know that you're not just here today, gone today. And they take notice. You think they don't notice, but they take notice if you're selling something this week and two weeks down the road, you're selling something completely different. Right. And whether they say it or not, they think that that's a bad thing. Yeah. You should be known for one thing, at least for a bulk of time. And can you sell other stuff? Of course you can. But do one thing really well first. Yeah. And like Russell Brunson this year, people were all irritated because they went to his inner circle meeting. The big takeaway from the meeting was if you haven't hit a million dollars with selling one thing, don't do anything else. Sell one thing till you hit a million dollars. Until then, don't look at another thing. You put tunnel vision on. And you focus on one thing. And everyone was like, I paid all of this for this. And it's like, no, that's brilliant. Yeah, of course. You focus on one damn thing until you get it successful. And that's how you're going to become successful. Because once you take away all their options, it becomes amazing how you get so creative in making your number one work. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, so many people, I mean, you see it in the multi-level marketing space a lot. And you see these people who, we'll just give you an example, uh, who big thing like probably a few weeks ago was like a uh, one 
uh, I can't even remember the name, but it was this crypto uh, multi-level marketing company. And they were pushing, pushing. It was only a matter of time until MLM hit right. crypto. <laughs> and, and then like they're one week they're like, hey, you need to join um, this MLM. Uh, it's crypto. It, you know, it's that every it's like, you know, obviously it's combining like the two big um, hot things right now, which is Bitcoin or uh, cryptocurrency in general. And now you're doing it in the uh, multi-level marketing space and then you take it and then they were going, oh, God, what was the name? Tradera. And so everyone was like, oh yeah, you need to join Tradera and do all these things. Well, now they're all over to this other one called Epic. And it's like, well, like, which one is it? Was it, this is the greatest thing now? And now why is this the greatest thing? Like, is it really that great? Or are you just gonna switch to another thing? And I see, it's funny, cause I see these, some of these digital marketers who um, will have joined this one program, sell the shit out of it, and then jump shit to the next one and then sell back and and it's just like and what are they doing they're constantly launching yeah they're, they're constantly, constantly in that that peaks and valleys roller coaster and it's like no man like just make it really 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 good right and then keep checking back with them is it still good can right. you make it better make it better you know just keep on going because yeah. once you once you say listen i'm not turning off this road there's no other options. I am straight and narrow. Then you get real creative. Yeah. You know, because you've taken away all your other options. That's what I did with myself because I did have shiny object syndrome. I still do on occasion. And it's like, no, you're micro machine media. That is you, period. Right. And I, I do that and you do that the best, period. Well, and you get the compound effect too, right? Like, and, and it snowballs. Like, a lot of people just don't realize that's you need to have a snowball effect in your business. And the snowball effect is super real. You might not get that, that traction to start, but just like with debt or wealth, as you get more debt, it starts to snowball and you have to go bankrupt uh, in mm -hmm. a sense. Or you create so much, you start building cash flow, recurring income, and you take that income and it starts rolling into being able to create more cash flow and then you're able to reinvest that into more income producing assets and then that creates more wealth and it becomes a snowball effect of wealth that's why you know the the one percent owns 80 percent of the wealth is because their money makes them more money and then they can take that money that's their their losses that are like their um, lost leaders in a sense, which are only making them a few million, they're able to pivot and put it into something that is going to make them more money. And it's just, it's just insane. So Jim, uh, wow, this has been an amazing podcast. Um, where can more people, I know we talked about how they can join the omnipresent army, but where can more people find out more about you? Uh, where can they, uh, find out more about the content? The micro content machine and you know tell me a little bit more where people can uh get in contact with you uh there's a number of ways so they can obviously omnipresent armies our new facebook group i'll be in there heavily um uh, jim beard you can just message me i'm very open and very uh very conversational i check my messenger all the time um also micro machine media uh on facebook and then the last one would be the game show, which is X and O game show. It's the Facebook page and we go live every week. Now we're switching to every other week because we're going to be doing a new game. Oh, Do you, what is this game? Uh, we are currently choosing. We have four options that all finally work. <laughs> Can I have a boat they, today? They didn't, they didn't work at first. Okay. Now, now they're working. Uh, one is based off of deal or no deal. One is an interview series with the TikTok challenge. Uh, the other one is, uh, oh, what was it? Wheel of Fortune, kind of a take on that. And another one is just playing board games for uh, interviews. Is this going to be drunken interviews? I mean it naturally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much me every every time yeah, we go on this show. It goes that way. Um, we have are, uh, several people that use their the colored cups, so you don't know what you're drinking. Are they going to be uh, rotated, or is it just deciding? Are you switching? Is this like 
It'll be every other week. Season two. So uh, X and O game show will be every other week. Got it. And then my off week, so I'm going to do a show on Thursdays. Awesome. And that will be earlier on in the day because I have a lot of people go 930. And I go, well, that was because I have a family and I got right. to feed that family and they right. get into bed. And, you know, do you have homework? Okay, let's get the homework. You know, the whole thing. So that was when I was available on Saturdays was to do that. And uh, so doing Thursdays opens up the time slot a lot. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jim. It's been a pleasure. You've just dropped some great nuggets on how to create and repurpose content and just, just amazing person in general. So thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate everything you do. I've been on the game show a few times. I always love being on the game show, even if it's a little bit crazy. Um, but again, thank you so much. And uh, uh, everyone, please check out the Omnipresent Army on Facebook. Check out the game show X's and O's. Uh, you can check it on the Facebook page and definitely add Jim Beard or check out his website, Micro Content. Again, everyone, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you, Jim. And until next time, peace. Appreciate you, Brandon. Thanks for having me on, man. Of course, man. Bye. Hey everyone, if you love this episode, go ahead and rate and subscribe to it. I really appreciate the feedback. And if you don't, go ahead and unsubscribe. I'm just kidding. Don't unsubscribe. Go ahead and send me an email and tell me how I can improve. Thanks so much. Have a good one, guys. Peace.